Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle, and joining me once again is Eric. Say hello, Eric. Hello, I'm Eric, a.k.a. the man with no nickname. That, that's a terrible nickname, to be it the is. man with no well, nickname. Well, I want to be the Clint Eastwood of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Have you not seen the Dollar Trilogy? Because he's the man with no name. Yeah, no, I get that. But, like, what would the Clint Eastwood oh, the Clint of this Eastwood pod- podcast? Yeah. yeah, okay, now I feel very condescending. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, maybe I can chew a cigar or something. Sure. Wear a poncho. Please do. Please start wearing a poncho during the podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, so today is day four of Parenting Fierce Week. One, two, three, four. Yes, today yes. is day four. And uh, this episode, we're talking about Joshua, which is going to be. It's going to be fun. The next two episodes are going to be rough because these were probably the two hardest to watch. Yes, uh, they were. They were very difficult to watch for sure. And well, and by they, I mean this one because I did not rewatch the other episode, but we'll get into that when we get there. <laughs> yeah, that one was so bad you couldn't even rewatch it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So it's day four of Parenting Fears Week, day four of 60 Days of Halloween. And um, like I said in the previous episodes, we're going to be going through five criteria, talking about what outside information did we have prior to watching the film, um, what did we think of the film from a technical standpoint, what did we think of it emotionally, how rewatchable is it, and who do we recommend the movie for. So again, tonight we're talking about Joshua, which um, I I don't know if I would necessarily call it a sleeper hit, because I don't know if it ever actually turned into a hit. But I don't know. I literally never heard of this movie until you brought it up for the podcast, which is crazy to me because it has Sam Rockwell in it and Vera Farmiga. And I used to basically spend every day in high school when I didn't have anything to do looking at IMDb, just like searching people's names and looking at all of their films and stuff. That's why I know so much about like know so many movies. Never heard of this movie. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard of it until I think it was one of the ones that I just picked up at a pawn shop on a whim. Like it mm. was just, oh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I dig him. Uh, it's kind of a creepy psychological thriller. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then after uh, after I got home and watched the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, this movie looks amazing. It actually looks really good. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, when I watched the trailer. Yeah. So so I didn't really know much about it other than just uh, watching the trailer. Like I didn't read any other reviews, didn't catch any other information about it. And the trailer, it's a little misleading. It's one a little of those, bit. It, like it's misleading, but it's accurate. Yeah. If that makes sense. It makes it seem more like it is kind of this horror movie, I guess, kind of like an omen or like a bad seed kind of kids movie. And it is, but it's not really scary. I mean, it's not like a horror film where it's a little bit more grounded in reality i think yeah than what you would expect from watching the trailer well and to me that's part of what makes it so terrifying but we'll get to that in a minute uh when we get to that emotional side um i i feel like the trailer is accurate but it focuses too much on joshua Mm -hmm. whereas the actual movie focuses on sam rockwell yeah i think so so uh, yeah, the, the trailer definitely emphasizes all of the creepy things about Joshua. Um, so, yeah, going into it, figured that it was, you know, like you already said, going to kind of be like the omen, but without so much supernatural demon possession type of stuff. More of just this is a super creepy kid because he's super creepy. Yeah, it almost kind of reminds me of something like The Good Son, I guess, only it's not quite that sinister in a way. It definitely does feel more like this is what would happen if your son really was having some sort of psychological issue. Yeah. And that is kind of related to the fact that they have a new baby 
And so it does feel very realistic in terms of, you know, this is a child who wants attention from his parents, isn't getting it because they have this new baby. They're kind of dismissive of him. And so you kind of understand why he behaves the way that he does. Yeah. It's not just, oh, this kid is evil because he's evil. Well, so let's dive into the technical stuff a little bit okay. um, because th- there's a lot of stuff that I want to say, but uh, I want to at least try to stay on <laughs> some yeah, sort of sorry. format. Uh, all right. So technically, yeah. What did you think of it? I thought it was pretty well made. Um, the acting is fantastic. I mean, Sam Rockwell, of course, he's always great. He's still kind of just playing a version of himself where he's sure. got that kind of, he's very charming, but he's also kind of a dick. Right. Sometimes. So he's he's definitely playing Sam Rockwell, um, but he does that so well. Um, Vera Farmiga is fantastic in this movie. I don't think that, going into the movie, I didn't realize how big of a role that she would have. And I love the way that they focus on postpartum depression in her character because I don't feel like you see that very much in movies a lot of times in terms of how the mother reacts to having a baby. It's always like, oh, I'm the doting mother. This is great. Yeah. Look how great things are. I'm a little stressed, but that's about it. But no, they really show like how scary it can be for a mom to go through that. Um, the only thing that I don't like about that is they give her too much of a history of mental health yeah, issues. So true. rather than it being postpartum depression is a thing that literally any woman can go through because like just all of those hormones and the the trauma of giving birth and all of that like literally every woman is at risk of postpartum yeah this gave her an extra history of oh and she also has some other mental health stuff it, they don't really make it clear you know maybe it's depression maybe it's anxiety maybe there's some slight hallucinations like it it's never clear enough yeah but like they make reference to you know like her past and being on medication so yeah. and then they kind of i don't want to get into spoilers or anything but they don't resolve that very satisfactorily that was one thing that i kind of didn't like but we'll get into that a little bit here in a minute well that actually i think does play with part of the uh, technical side in terms of the writing maybe the plot yeah like there's a lot of stuff that's unresolved Mm -hmm. for some people for some people i know that they absolutely hate that for me i'm kind of okay with it being unresolved because of what they were focusing on so the fact that Yeah. yeah you you watch the movie through sam rockwell's perspective but so much of it does revolve around joshua that i feel like a lot of the uh things that are unresolved are intentional with not being entirely sure if Joshua is evil or if some of the other things that he says are actually happening. Yeah. So they play it very ambiguous, which I really like that about it. It kind of makes you pay a little bit more attention to kind of decide, well, you know, it really could go either way. Is there something that we're missing here? Yeah. Like no spoilers, but at one point Joshua says that a thing happens and, um, Sam Rockwell says, no, that thing doesn't happen. And then later in the movie, that thing happens. Mm -hmm. And so then you have to kind of question, all right, had that thing happened before? Or was he just pushed so far that it caused him to? Right. So I I, I feel like some of the stuff being unresolved leaves it. I feel like that's actually part of what makes it scary is Mm -hmm. you don't know for a fact. You can't say, well, obviously this kid Mm -hmm. is evil. You say, well... Maybe he's not, and he is the victim, and oh, hmm, yeah. Yeah, it does it really well, and that it does definitely make it more scary because it makes you feel like if you are a parent that this is something that could happen to you, like how would you react in the situation? I can definitely 
sympathize or empathize, I guess, with Sam Rockwell as a parent, but I also empathize with Joshua in a way too. I mean, you can see both sides of it. Yeah. Uh, acting wise, I don't think that there was uh, any weak actors. Um, yeah. I, even the kid that plays Joshua, uh, Jacob Kogan, I don't think he's really done a whole lot other than being young Spock in one of the Star Trek movies. Yeah. But he was really good. He doesn't really, he doesn't really delve into that child actor hole, I guess you would say, where you can tell that he's being fed lines. Like he seems genuinely, like he seems like a genuine kid. Yeah. Well, a little on the creepy side, but. And, and that's actually works. one of the things that. I I don't know if it was halfway through the movie or if it was at the end of the movie or if it was uh, later when watching other movies that it dawned on me like when Joshua is being creepy he like he is super creepy but that's the only emotion that you see from him mm. so you don't get a whole lot of range and that's true and, and and I think that he plays it very very well and again I think that I hope that some of that was intentional with if we make him creepy all of the time then you're more inclined to think well obviously he is just an evil kid whereas if there was a little bit more um, dynamic in his character you might have to question a little bit more but yeah the he's very stoic and very he, he basically plays the entire movie as young Spock <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's really funny. I didn't think about that until just now, but that's that's very true. He is very kind of emotionless. Uh, th- there are a few times where he does get a little bit more emotional, and because of the fact that he is so stoic throughout the movie, it makes that emotion hit a lot harder. It's like, oh my god, this really is just a kid. Yeah. Well, and not getting into any spoilers, um, but in the last scene what he does and how he responds with the way that he has been acting the entire movie, like it really makes that final scene hit home hard. Yes, it does. So, so yeah, like even my complaint of, I, it's not really that dynamic. I think that it works. I could see how there could be complaints about it mm. because, well, I'm kind of complaining about it, <laughs> but it also works and it, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's kind of a gray area for me of like, yeah. oh man, he was amazing with this one emotion. But I think that he was supposed to only show that one emotion because, yeah. Again, I think that I think that it, it is very deliberate because of how once he does show a little bit more emotion later on in the film, it makes it hit a lot harder because you do kind of, he is presented almost as the other in a way. He's not really, you don't really think of him as a child because of the way that he's presented. And it's done that way purposefully. So that way you are kind of fearful of him. But then later on, I just think it makes it a lot more impactful later on because of the way that it was played. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, all right. Emotionally. How, how did this movie sit with you? It's, it's rough. <laughs> it's, and the one, it's really rough. It's really sad. Like there are times where I'm tearing up. It's it's really really creepy in some parts. There was one scene in particular where I was just like, "Oh my god, this is a little too much." Um, but it works. It, it wasn't really too much in terms of. I didn't think it was bad. It was just like right. They really ramped up the creep real. factor really fast, and I did not expect it. Um, I did feel a little frustrated at times because I feel like in the latter third of the film it does lean a little too much into the concept and in terms of like trying to be that high concept, like this kid may be evil. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel quite as grounded and it feels like it moves a little too fast in terms of how quickly the events kind of spiral out of control. Sure. So that was a little frustrating to me because 
certain things are kind of shoved to the side just to like, let's get to the end. Let's get to the part that everybody's been looking forward to that everybody expected from the trailer. Yeah. If that makes sense in a way, except I don't know if that's the end that you expect based on the trailer. Like it it yeah. is not what I expected. No, it's not what I expected either, but it does get to a point where towards that latter third of the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the movie that I was expecting. Not necessarily the ending, gotcha. Gotcha. but this is the kind of movie that I expected that kind of like, Hitchcockian suspense, yeah, bad seed kind of. Well, and evil I do think movie. I do think that there is. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned Hitchcock. I do think that there is a lot of Hitchcock influence in it mm. because um, one of the things that I love so much about Hitchcock is he was able to elicit fear by showing things and then not showing things. Yes. So he would give you enough to frighten you and then back off so that your imagination made it much worse than what it actually was. Exactly. And in Joshua, there's, I wouldn't say that it goes to the same level of that, but there's a lot of things where it shows you enough and then it doesn't show you. And so you have to complete it with your mind. And that makes the, it a lot more terrifying. Yeah. On the one hand, it makes it more terrifying. On the other hand, uh, like we already said, it also adds that question of, we don't know that this is happening. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's actually part of what that fear is like. Uh, we're not going to get into all of the depths of the fear. We'll get into that when we do um, the analysis episode. We're like really diving into them, but take it outside of the context of this movie and just put it in the context of your kid goes to school. And when you pick them up, someone says, this is what your kid did today. Who do you believe your kid or the person saying this is what they've done? Oh yeah. And I go, this is something that as a parent you go through daily yeah. Um, with both of my kids are in school now and Owen's in kindergarten and he's had a little trouble just in his first couple of weeks of kindergarten and just talking to him after school and also talking with the teacher. There is a little bit of a discrepancy in terms of this is what the teacher said. This is what Owen is saying. I believe my child. I mean, he's always been honest with me, but I also don't want to disbelieve the teacher. It is. It is. And there's the perspective of they are probably both telling the truth. Right. One of them is coming from a very different view. Exactly. And so I think that that actually lends itself to a lot of the fear of this movie Mm -hmm. is, again, like just put that in any other situation. Uh, For me, the movie was it it was so, so scary because of how sad it was. Like, that's what scared me is the, the things that were terrifying about it. Like, I was scared because I just, like, I, I was sad about it. It was mm. like, oh, my God, I can picture this because, you know, like you already mentioned, these are real people and not just a little demon baby. Yeah, there are a lot of things oh, in this movie that God. make it really relatable as a parent. Like, there's a scene earlier, this, this isn't a spoiler, but there's just a scene where Sam Rockwell is talking to Joshua in bed, and he's asking about, you know, something that only kids would ask about, you know, like, can you explain this to me? And, you know, I have so many, there are so many times where especially at bedtime there's always like something that ian is like my oldest son he'll have he'll obviously have had something lingering in the back of his mind for a long time and at bedtime it just comes out and he asked me about it and then we have this you know deep like very meaningful conversation right before bed and there's a few moments in the movie that are very much like that and that makes all of the events toward the end of the movie so much more heartbreaking because you can tell you know this is a father who truly loves his son this is a son who really just wants to have a meaningful connection with his parents. And when things break down in the end, it's just, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm fairly certain that this is in the trailer, so I don't think it's a spoiler, but, um, but they have a new baby. So uh, Joshua has a little baby sister 
And at one point, the uh, the mother says, there's someone in her room. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they're listening to the baby monitor, and you hear just that little bit of... Yeah. And, like, not enough to... you can to... see on the monitor the levels going up and down. Yeah, so you can't you know hear activity. anything. And then the baby starts crying, and with a newborn, like, just any time that monitor crackles a little bit, there's that, like, what's going on? Is that... Yeah, what? Crap. And, oh, God, it is just just so terrifying but again because it's real and sad and yeah it emotionally this one this one kind of hit home pretty hard and because i mean when we talked about a quiet place i don't have to worry about aliens when we talked about cargo i don't have to worry about zombies when we talked about grace i don't have to worry about an undead baby talking about joshua and just a kid kind of being a kid and mm. some of the stuff that he does isn't inherently evil it's just like he's fascinated with egyptian culture yeah cool what if my kid is fascinated with horror movies because of me way earlier than he should be terrifying uh yeah and he wades into some areas oh, that God, is, is very questionable um yeah that's something i was thinking about too um gosh I don't remember where I was going with this now, but, but yeah, it's like because of kids, they see certain things, but they don't fully understand it. And then whenever they get like really obsessive with it, they can definitely wade into some territory where it's like, it's very questionable in terms of what they need to do. And then it's my job as a parent to make sure that they understand what they're doing. And one thing that this movie does really well is it kind of delves into that communication breakdown that happens a lot between parents Mm -hmm. and children where the child doesn't really understand the parents intentions and where, you know, the parent might be busy doing something with the baby, for example, and they can come across as really dismissive toward the older child. Right. And or that's harsh heartbreaking. Or... And yeah, or harsh. And that's that's sad. And it's something I worry about so much having two boys, you know, with my younger one. He's my wild child. And I have to put so <laughs> much more attention on him sometimes. And I feel like I neglect my oldest son a lot because of that. And yeah, this movie really made me think about that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um yeah all right watchability love it rewatchability <laughs> i yeah it's not as hard to watch as other movies that i've seen so it's not um it's not like the nope can't rewatch it it's too rough mm-hmm. but it is definitely a drama like it is very heavy on the drama side of horror right so it's not the type of horror movie that i would put in for just like a ooh, let's have just another fun horror movie yeah <laughs> um it is I, I hate phrasing it this way, but it is another one of those kind of like art house horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a sort of snobbish way, but in a, this is the type of horror movie that I would show to other people and say, this is part of why horror can be so terrifying. Yeah. You think the omen is scary because of a demon child. Nope. They're just ramping up this and adding the, you know, the devil as an extra piece. You know, you think that this movie is scary because of this, no, this is really getting at the heart of why some of those other movies are so terrifying. Just adding in that sort of demonic component for just extra flavor, I guess. Yeah, just to kind of appeal to genre fans. So I, yeah, I don't really think it's too rewatchable. I mean, again, I don't. I'm not the kind of person who goes back and rewatches dramatic movies very often. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those films where once you watch it once, you kind of get the message, and. I mean, at least if you're paying attention. Um, and yeah, I, don't, I just don't find myself ever really wanting to go back and rewatch it. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. And I think anybody, I mean, 
I would definitely encourage people to see it, but I just can't imagine myself going back and rewatching it anytime soon. Yeah, it's again, it's not the one that like other than, I would like go... you said, show it to other people. Yeah, and and like, I guess here's a better way to say it. I definitely think that it is rewatchable. Like there are some movies that you watch, and it's just like. I can't ever rewatch it either because it sucked or it was too difficult to watch mm-hmm. or whatever reason. So I don't it's think not that either this of those is, things. Yeah, I don't think that it's unrewatchable. It's just I think that you would kind of have to be in a very specific mood to want to watch a dark, heavy, dramatic horror movie about a kid and so right. or you know you have to be doing a podcast like right. this. One. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think it's rewatchable but Again, not like super, super high on the rewatchability list. Yeah. Um, All right. Who do you recommend it for? Um, I would recommend, of course, to similar to with A Quiet Place or, you know, people who like The Babadook. If you're someone who's more into the drama of a horror film, then you'll enjoy this. If you're a parent and you really like just want to be sad. (laughs) I mean, if you want to see, I mean, if like like with us, if you're wanting to kind of face those fears and, you know, think about things in a different way. Like if you want to be reminded of how bad it could be, if you neglect your, one of your children for your other children, or, I mean, you know, if you're into that kind of drama, then yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's not, again, it's not one of those horror movies where if you just want to sit down and have a good time and, you know, if you enjoy gory horror movies or scary horror movies, it's not really that kind of movie. There's not really any blood, uh, I think like there's one scene where there's like a little bit of stuff trickling, but yeah, yeah there's, there's not really any violence that happens on camera. Um, there's no jump scares. Are there not? I don't, really. I don't think so. If there was a jump scare, there was like one. I don't think, but even I think there might be one or two, but yeah, most not, of the stuff that I'm thinking of in terms oh, there's of definitely the scares, one. I can think of one in particular. Well, I'm, I'm thinking more of the scares that weren't necessarily jump scares, but like just when you see it, it's just like, okay, Ooh, that's yeah. terrifying. Not a startle effect. There was that one moment I mentioned earlier, but that was that's about it, really. Yeah. It's more of just like a sense of dread throughout the film. It, exactly. It's a very creeping sense of dread throughout. Yeah. Definitely a lot of dread. Gut. So if you're the type of person who likes horror movies because of that anxiety that it produces, waiting and knowing that something sinister is about to happen... Uh, yeah, this is definitely the type of horror movie for you. Um, I, I, I will say this about the trailer in relating it to the Hitchcockian, like they show things, but then they cut away. This is kind of a spoiler, but I feel like it's a necessary one so that you don't go in with too many unrealistic expectations. A lot of the stuff that they show in the trailer, when they cut away from that scene in the trailer, that's when it actually cuts away in the movie. Yeah. Not yeah, 100%. In the film, it, or in the trailer, it kind of leads you to believe that there's more that's going to be after a certain scene. But then, yeah, in the like you said, in the movie, it's more just uh, character building. Yeah. So so if you're watching the trailer, be like, ooh, I want to know what happens next in that scene. Well, in the movie, what happens next is a different scene. Yeah, it cuts. So, and that might turn some people off, um, but I, I don't know. I still loved it. I think it's amazing. T- terrifying but just because of again that just overwhelming sense of dread yeah it's terrifying afterward when you're yeah it's one of those refrigerator movies i think is what i can't remember there's somebody who coined this term that's like when you're sitting there and the refri- you're like opening up the refrigerator it's like it hits you at that point or so after you leave the movie all that i thought of when you said that was uh friends when joey puts his copy of, of the, the shining, shining in the refrigerator, refrigerator. <laughs> 
That's oh. hilarious. <laughs> All right. So if you want to know more uh, about like us diving into why exactly this one's terrifying, be sure to check back uh, in a few days when we do our deep dive analysis and really go in depth, which, you know, we, we kind of already hit a lot of the main points. Um, but, but yeah, come back for that episode and we will dive in even, even further with it. Uh, all right. So Eric, where do you want people to find you? You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, Facebook, probably some other places that I don't ever check anymore, <laughs> but, um, Eric Harris or Eric J with J Y spelled out. It's, it's one of the two. Uh, I, I'll link it in the liner notes. There you go. You can do that. Yeah. Or I can just be, if you really want to find me, you have to make an effort. <laughs> turn it into a game uh and you can find me on uh facebook instagram twitter letterboxd and uh, i'll have links to all of those in um well i'll have a link to the website in the liner notes and the links to each of those on the website uh and you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher google play or anchor.fm um and if you're enjoying these reviews let us know leave some feedback um tell us what your fears are Tell us what movies you would include in building a week of your fears. And if you enjoy horror movies, make sure to check out Frightening Ass Film Fest in Chattanooga and the Knoxville Horror Film Fest in Knoxville. Both of those are amazing horror film fests and both of them deserve your support and money. So go do that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if tickets for Frightening Ass Film Fest are up yet. I think that they are. I know that Knoxville... Knoxville's are. Yeah, I know that Knoxville uh, tickets are already up. So... Go to KnoxvilleHorrorFilmFest.com. Knox Horror. You know what? Look them up on Facebook. I know they're on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) Knoxville Horror Film Fest. You're not going to find too many things with that name. Don't expect us to do homework. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Both of those are amazing film fests, and I 1,000% support both of them. So please at least make it to one. Um, All right. And tomorrow we will be talking about We Need to Talk About Kevin. Yeah, we will. Which will be the most fun episode of the week, for sure. <laughs> it's... God, that's a rough movie. It really, actually, next week, it's just going to be us crying for 15 minutes. Well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check back tomorrow for We Need to Talk About Kevin. Uh, go back and listen to the previous episodes, A Quiet Place, Cargo, and Grace. Um keep checking back because after we finish up my week of parenting fears we're going to do eric's week of uh what what is your fear um it's kind of an extension of yours it's losing loved ones or really we're going to be focusing kind of more on my children losing my children not like losing in the store like no yeah like dying yeah it's dying i don't even like to say it yeah so much yeah so we go from being a bad parent to your kids dying uh, and this is just the start of our Halloween coverage. <laughs> We're starting out strong. Yes. We're masochists. Um, all right. So be sure to keep checking back. And if you love horror movies, then watch movies with friends. They're, they're a lot of fun. And keep listening for more horror coverage in our 60 Days of Halloween. And I guess that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. As always, you can find us where geekery and horror movies abound. <laughs>